1: Oh my god guys. Oh my god. How long has it been? Like truly I think it's been at least 2 or 3 months. So one let me explain myself really quickly. I definitely just took an unannounced hiatus. Um as I'd mentioned in the past, I uh, was dealing with like a lot of health procedures and things like that that were taking up a lot of my time. And then the next thing that happened was after all of these health procedures, I then had to start... Uh, well, I started getting denials of the procedure from my health insurance, which basically just meant I was getting bills being like, hey, we saw you had this thing. We actually aren't okay with that. We're not paying for it, which is really fucking weird because uh, the offices, the doctors and offices before procedure is done have to have it approved by insurance, right? Or they like let you know like, hey, this wasn't approved. So even when I reached out to the fucking doctors being like, what the fuck is going on? They were like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm this became a thing that became so time consuming of having to be on the phone with the insurance companies, with my doctors. And I'm not even done yet, to be fully honest. I think I had four deny I think it's called like denial of service, whatever like the the term is. I've got one more I have to deal with that has uh that I've put in a claim, and then even that claim got denied. And so now they're the doctors are like using like Uh, I don't even know. I'm like, well, what's next? Who do I have to do? It's like, let me know because I have like another like throngs. I don't know, like a shit ton of paperwork that I need to get started if uh, y'all don't think this can be fixed on your end. And that's to say like the doctors, the the whole office has been great um, and I'm very thankful for them, but it's been truly a mind fuck of having to deal with this, especially when you're paying like, you know, a shit ton of money to have insurance. And it's been very, very infuriating. And long story short, again, like I just said, I feel like I'm repeating myself. I had to take a break. I reached out to my producers and was like, "I can't do all of these things at once." The podcast was struggling. I could feel it when I was, you know, interviewing. I could listen, I could hear it when I listened to the episodes. It wasn't at the caliber that I wanted it to be at. So I took an unannounced hiatus to get all of that in check to be in a better spot to be a better host and interviewer and performer to be honest because this is content this is things that you want to listen to and you want it to be good and i expect it to be good as well so hi how are you welcome back to awkward second city and people have asked you i'm okay long story short it was like three different biopsies in three different parts of my body to make sure three different parts of my body did not have cancer And now the best part is, as I start recording again, is all of these biopsies and procedures, it was recommended to do the procedure uh, again uh, in six months, which is a fun fact now. Um, So I am actually about to have to do (sighs) these procedures again uh, very soon in a month and start the whole process all over again. Except this time I feel like I'm going to be a little bit smarter about it and like legit call uh, my insurance first to be like, is this covered? Like what's going on? So we'll see. Who knows? I am just very happy to be back. I'm very happy to be back here. I didn't want you to think that the podcast was just done. It wasn't. I was just taking a moment. And again, highly recommend to anyone. If you need a moment, take a moment. And guess what? You don't owe anyone an explanation even though I just gave you one but I didn't give you one at that time you know it was just like this is the right move um but I'm very excited we are back I wanted to make sure I had episodes banked y'all so when I do start doing this procedures and maybe have to deal with more insurance shit down the road we've got stuff lined up um so yay so excited for that so excited for this episode i do have a guest she's been on the podcast before pamela anderson fucking hilarious comedian was so so happy to have her back and before i forget i just want to shout out she has a show weekly every tuesday called just come at the gram in east williamsburg um it's every week it's always got a great cast her and her co-host you're gonna love it if you're in the city definitely go see it and then you can also follow her at pam not anderson on the socials and she's very funny on all the socials i highly recommend and to be honest, this episode goes everywhere. Um, it's one of my favorite type of episodes where it's just, you know, I guess so easy to talk to such an open book. We talk about death, sex and death, grief, where you need to be mentally to like be in a relationship, great sex, not great sex, what she's looking for when dating, all over the place in the best way possible. And I just think you are going to like it. And again. Just glad to be back, y'all. Glad to be back. Glad to be with you. Can't wait to hear from you, talk more, and really enjoy the episode. So what has been up since we've talked, like, sex and dating-wise? Well, oopsies.
2: I'm sleeping with comedians again. Oh, no. I know. Oh, no. And I had gone a long time without doing that. Like, um, Mm
0: -hmm. let me tell you.
2: Like, I hadn't done it since... I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I probably have mentioned it. I was sleeping with someone in like March, 2019 who was a -hmm. comedian and I use the past tense because he died. So (laughs) I know. We have not talked about. Oh, okay. So he died. It was very sudden. He was like a young. He was thirty, right? Oh my god. Uh, He was like my age. So he passed away, and then I didn't have sex with a comedian or anyone else for a very long time, until I want to say August 2020. Okay, okay. Because I was just very depressed and not feeling sexual. And then when I got back to the city, I got back to the city maybe like last June. I I only grew up an hour away. So I was with my dad hanging out in the suburbs because I don't get to see him enough as it is. And he's, you know, a widower, et cetera. And I had a friend with benefits when I was back in Connecticut, who I've known for years. Like I'd been sleeping with this person since like 2013. Then when I got back to the city, I was like feeling good. I was feeling rejuvenated from just like having been forced to take care of myself instead of do comedy all the time. And I was like, all right, let's dive back into the comedian uh, little cesspool. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I've been like sleeping with comedians again since not a huge amount, only like maybe two or three. Yeah, since July. I think it's been three. Yeah. One of them, my mind has already decided to block out. So I keep forgetting. But so that's what's been happening. And I've also jumped on Tinder exclusively to date women. Okay. Because I am bisexual. And I find that like, I have to make more of an effort to find women to date. You know, men are just kind of around there. They're always around. They're always barking at me. So I was like, "All right, I'll get on Tinder to meet women." And that's what I've been up to. I've been in more of a hoe phase than anything else. I think. Well, I love that. I think everyone
1: should do a hoe phase more than once. Has it gotten better with male comedians since the pandemic? Like, did they also, you know,
2: quote unquote, do the work? Did they, Did they work on themselves? We all- yeah, Yeah. you know what? I think some of them, they've been working on their acts and they've been working on themselves. Um. I think at this point, I've been doing comedy since I was 23 and I think I've just like, I'm better at dating in general, even like in the sense of keeping it casual, but I, I also just have better taste. Like I'm so much more discerning and I'm so much better at figuring out like, okay, this person is both not a scumbag and will not annoy me, which is the more... Mm really the more important thing (laughs) oh yeah 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 I'm like I don't want to be annoyed by someone that I'm not even properly dating Mm -hmm. you want it to be a good time yeah I need it to be fun even if it's like yeah so have they gotten better I've gotten better I've gotten better at dealing with people and like understanding myself and my own emotions and my own body and all of that. So the set, the sex is definitely better. I'll tell you that. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's where I am with that. I think.
1: So this is like kind of a morbid question, please, by all means, like I'm such an open book. I, it, when you said the, the um comedian that died, it reminded me of, um I did not have sex with this person. This guy was terrible to me, but I was definitely obsessed with him and like wanted uh, us to date. And he like, this is, like, truly embarrassing. He, like, taught me how to, like, you know, French kiss because I was definitely, like, bad at it. And he was just, like, a shitty person in general. Just a terrible person would, like, sort of cheat on me when I'm, like, in the other room. Mm. Okay. That's a lot of backstory because I want everyone to hate him. Um, He died. Oh, wow. He died in his 20s. And I found out because I was like, oh, my God, what's going on with this dude, mm-hmm. you know? And Facebooked him and he had died. And everyone said it was like vague. It was like a heart thing. And I was like, oh, so a drug overdose. Right. Like he was in drug, like into drugs, I think like cocaine, um, which, you know, too much could have, you know, some pretty bad issues. And again, that's all speculation. And I like didn't care. I was just like, yeah, you died. You were really kidding <laughs> and you died. And like, I like, I will think about him every once in a while being like, is that really fucked up that that was my reaction? Like, I didn't feel like any remorse. And then my question is for you, how did you feel when your
2: person died? Well, I bet you anything that you were not the only person who felt that way about him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But also like, you know, that, that also had to do with like your relationship with him. So you were just like, Oh, okay. (laughs) What a weird blip Mm -hmm. on the radar for me. So like, when he passed away, which, again, was, like, a sudden thing, they, and it was, like, an accident. It wasn't, we know that it was not a suicide. So his family, like, came mm-hmm. out publicly and said that. And so I had seen him, like, that Sunday. We'd, like, hooked up again. And then I went home because he lived in Bushwick and I live in Manhattan. Went home and I we were, like, oh, yeah, let's do this again, like, next weekend. So I expected to hear from him by, like, probably, like, Thursday if I was going to see him that weekend, right. I'd get like a text or something on Facebook and then I didn't hear from him. And I, and I was like, Oh, he's busy. Or like, he's already lost interest. Like that's both of which are completely fair. Right. So I was like, Oh, okay. Like, but I'm going to see him around soon anyway, because of our social circles and like the Bushwick comedy scene. And then that it ends up that he'd actually passed away on Thursday. And then on Friday, I found out the next day that was when everyone found out and I did find out through Facebook which is not it's not an ideal way to find out that news like regardless of how you know that person there's something really like dystopian about it to me I'm just like I, I, this isn't how but anyway so I, I was on Facebook so I was like you know I was blog I had like a blogging gig oh Jesus that's so embarrassing <laughs> to say aloud but don't worry I had a blog <laughs> awkward sex was a blog first. <laughs> That's, that's cool, though. I was writing about, like, Chrissy Teigen's Instagram comments. Oh, okay, okay. Which was, like, not as fun. So, I find out on Facebook, and I'm immediately, like, immediately I'm, like, crying and sort of walking around the room and, like, pacing and wringing my hands. And I I check my phone, and I see that my friend Kendall, my sweet friend Kendall Farrell, had texted me, like, hey, call, call me when you can. He was trying to keep me from, like, He wanted to be able to tell me. And so I called him and he's crying too. He was walking dogs at the time. So he's like walking a dog and crying into the phone and talking to me. So I was just, I was so shocked. That was the thing. I think that everyone was collectively very, just completely shocked because it was so sudden and he was so young. So I was just like really surprised and was like, wow, I don't, luckily I have a therapist because it was just such a weird, (laughs) such a bizarre experience. So that happened. And then on Sunday, so like literally a week later from the last time I'd seen him, we're at this wake. Right. Oh my God. In, in Brooklyn. And, uh, they do like the open casket thing and his parents and his sister are there. And, it, and then the rest of it's like almost all comedians. People had like flown in from the Midwest. Um, cause he started in, in Minneapolis. They come in from LA and, um, really great showing. He was very beloved, you know, mm-hmm. for good reason. And so I was just grieving and shocked. And also like, there's something about experiencing grief, it like dredges up, like for me, it dredges up like previous losses. So like, it just makes me think of like my mom passing away, even though those things aren't connected. Mm-hmm. I was just, and then we went to Old Stanley's and that that was, and we drank and we ate hot dogs and pretzels and we went to go smoke weed on Kendall's roof because that's how comedians grieve, I guess. Yeah.
1: Fuck. That is rough. That is so rough. And like, it, it's crazy how like, um, just because I just like rewatched New Girl, there was that episode mm -hmm, and then Sex and the City does it too. There's an episode where like, they think the person's ignoring them but they die oh okay yeah and how and how differently like it's actually handled like they make it humorous right of like oh what a you know error comedy of errors and when actually like when you're talking about it it's a really fucking sad thing like someone has died Mm -hmm. like people are affected will never be able to experience this person again in any way shape or form like in the like a physical sense and then just like seeing these shows Again, it just happened like back to back because I just started Sex and City, too, again. And I was like, damn, like this like isn't like I get where they're going with it. But like putting like a real person, like a real name to it really is a whole different experience of what they were mocking. It's like this is that's kind of fucked
2: up. I always assume that if you see something on a show that is kind of arch or very, very specific, I'm like this came out of a story someone told in the writer's room. So maybe what mm. you're seeing isn't exactly what happened to someone there, but it, like, it was probably an, at least inspired by something. So I'm, like, mm-hmm. I bet somebody in, like, the New Girls writer room had that happen to them or a friend or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That would be my assumption. But, yeah, something, it's way funnier on a sitcom.
1: <laughs> yeah, way funnier on a Fox sitcom uh, where it can be okay for children. Did it affect your sex life like after
2: that? Like Yeah, I didn't have sex for over a year. So like Yeah,
1: I don't think I'd be able to either.
2: Yeah, that was in like March 2019 and then I didn't have sex till like I think August 2020. Oh, that that's yeah. a rough
1: cuz then a year from that was March 2020 which we all know what that was. And for the
2: record, it's not because no one was interested, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just genuinely felt too depressed and too i just i did what i always do when i when i grieve which is try to completely pretend it didn't happen and then throw myself into whatever things can distract me from my feelings so that's like comedy that's i basically self-medicating with like tv and pot and like hanging out late in bushwick when i should be sleeping in my apartment in manhattan things like that you know Um, where I'm like no I'm actually everything's fine and I'm having a lot of fun I'm busy actually it's like yeah you should take care of yourself (laughs) and then the pandemic happened (laughs) and
1: then the pandemic happened where everyone was depressed (laughs) and fucked up and like just the the pandemic fucked up like my sex life and like I'm in a relationship like I was like living with the person and I think we went And why have been like two or like two and a half, three months where I was like, I just don't want to have, like, I can't, I cannot have sex and not even like sex with, with my like partner. It was like, I don't want to masturbate. I don't want anything. Nothing. It's just like cobwebs down there. Nothing's happening. And I don't think it was until maybe May or June when it just started getting nice outside. And like, I think shit started to turn around for me. I don't like, I don't know. Like it was like, it was definitely like dire and that was just you know not with someone
2: that I knew personally dying. I realized at some point in my late 20s like oh you can actually be too tired and or depressed to masturbate even mm-hmm. like I didn't let alone me getting ready for sex is like at least an hour and a half like process. I'm like, okay, well, gotta shower, gotta try and shave my legs, which are just like, I'm Italian American and my parents are additionally just like very hairy. Like we're hairy people just genetically we are. And so, then I have to like, <sighs> I have to wash my hair. If I go a day without washing it, it looks like I've been doused in olive oil. And so then I have to like do all of that. I'm like, pl- I'm like tweezing like my areoli. I'm like, why am I doing this? This is insane. Um, it takes so much to get ready to actually go see someone. And then I have to get on a train Potentially, mm-hmm. like mm, I don't know about that. so, yeah, you could be <laughs> depression can require too much effort of you, let alone sex, let alone whatever that might look like for you. So for me, it would be like more of a casual scenario, but yeah, also, I've been in relationships where like there you, there's such an ebb and a flow to things. like your mm-hmm. sex drive is so not it's not linear.
1: Oh, yeah, and it's definitely something that I wish we were taught because we definitely weren't taught that. We were taught, like, you should always be having sex, always wanting to have sex with, like, your partner or people. And that's like you said, it's not true. It ebbs and flows. And so many things around you are going to affect that, right? And, like, anyone can become depressed. Like, I feel like when I was growing up, they'd be like, only certain people deal with this. And it's like, actually, it's everyone, especially when it's a global pandemic and we're, like, in the epicenter of it all. Like, it's going to fuck up everyone. And, like, that's just, like, one example, like, grief how we're going to deal with grief. I've only dealt with like one major person in my family dying and I had a terrible relationship with them and (laughs) come to find out through therapy, they were like, oh yeah, like your grief's going to be worse because it was more complicated. And that wrecked my sex life for a good time. That wrecked me without even realizing it for a good like 18 months in therapy too. And just not even realizing like what was going on because of this terrible person in my life that had died you know it's just like we never talk about that and I hate that because then you feel so isolated and alone when really you do have this whole world of people that are having very similar and unique situations but could like you know talk about it and you know get to a better spot if we had better education around that and like open talks about that oh yeah
2: like people especially growing up as a young woman people are like men always want to fuck and they're always going to be trying to fuck you (laughs) and then if that doesn't happen you're like am i maybe like at shrek levels of unfuckable and it's like no that's not that's like so insanely hyperbolic men are people Mm -hmm. and they have male sexuality isn't necessarily like flipping a switch or like turning on a jackhammer or whatever weird metaphor people want to use like And also Mm -hmm. men get depressed and like men have mental health issues and that that affects their libido and that affects their sex lives. You know, like it just, it affects physical intimacy. It's not weird. Like, I don't know why straight men were always portrayed as being like, just like wolves, just like insatiably horny, no matter what else was happening. And I'm not going to say that that's like 0% true. I've been amazed at the things that men have tried to fuck through. Like even at the onset of the pandemic, dudes were still texting me being like, are you okay? Like I can bring over soup." and it's like, get away (laughs) from me. I can't be around anyone right now.
1: Oh my God. Oh, that's so true. I'm getting back to like normal levels of cat calling, which at (laughs) first I kind of missed. And now like yesterday I was like in my own, like I was like walking to a show, like was in my own like little world headphones on having a blast listening to probably like Cobra starship, something like super embarrassing Um, Early odds pop. And this guy did that thing where you're not looking at him. So he gets completely in your way. And it's so scary because you are totally zoned out. And all of a sudden, here's this like massive dude in front of you. And you're like, what the fuck is about to happen? And you actually go into fight or fight for a second. uh, And then you're like, oh, this guy's just being annoying. annoying. He's just being annoying. creep, And I wasn't giving him any attention because I didn't fucking even notice him because I don't have to notice him. I don't remember what made me think of that. Uh,
2: something you said oh like post-pandemic male horniness can can be a resilient force like I'll say that Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. can I say
2: that post-pandemic the catcalling I literally just have a conversation like I'm just like thank you how are you doing like I just have a conversation with them like in my early 20s I thought catcalling was like maybe the worst thing that could ever happen to me because Mm -hmm. in some ways it was because I was very privileged and remain so but and now I'm just like oh, what's up? Like, I think I'm so unafraid of living in the city at this point, because things have already happened, and they're still happening. Like, the city is so wild. Like, I'm lucky it's never, you know, like, escalated too much. But like, I've, you know, someone like has come up to me and grabbed my ass on my block, Mm. turned around. It's like, literally a drunk homeless guy. He's like, (laughs) has, you know, a drink and a brown paper bag. I'm like, oh my god, I'm just trying to go to CVS. (laughs) <laughs> CVS my safe place. I love it. I oh, love CVS. You have no idea. I it's wild. But
1: I used to work at CVS. Did you really? Not here in the city. I could never cuz people are awful to employees in retail in the city. But I did for um I think from like 16 to 18, I worked at CVS. Yeah. Wow. Crazy shit. Yeah. So I do I get it.
2: I get it. What can you tell me? Are most of the coupons fake? What's going on? I need like a CVS conspiracy theory confirmed.
1: So the biggest thing that happened at my store was, I always liked this manager. Um, She was always good to me, but there was always issues with like the tills, Uh, like the money never added up. And so they would be like shady to all the employees being like, oh, it's like one of y'all. Turned out it was the manager just stealing money and she got like arrested like out of the CVS.
2: Oh my God, it's so dramatic.
0: And how he rose from
2: nothing
0: to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All the coupons are legit, at least when I work there. Like, they are legit. (laughs) A lot of things do go on sale after a while. Like, if you're, like, kind of, like, eye it. Baby formula is the number one thing that's going to get stolen, which is so annoying because it's, like, let people let
2: people feed their babies. their babies yeah
1: yeah like i they're all retail stores are like make sure people don't steal and i'm like i don't give a shit like uh i used to work at trader joe's and they would run after people who had shoplifted and i'm like i'm not gonna do anything i'm not gonna tell any manager someone's stealing food because they probably need they probably need it yeah yeah so who cares like who fucking cares you billion dollar company and same with cvs my
2: understanding was that if you worked at like like, a, I guess a drugstore, like a CBS or a Walgreens or whatever, that as an employee there, if you saw someone shoplifting, you were just supposed to let them do their thing because you could be, I guess the company could be held legally liable if there were, like, if something happened when you were trying to, like, apprehend them or something you
1: are not supposed to do anything once they leave oh okay like you like Trader Joe's like Trader Joe's they run after people you are not supposed to run after people because you could then become liable uh for if anything got hurt inside the stores I think it's a whole different thing you're like on their territory but the moment they walk outside you're not supposed to do like anything that's why there's so much security like inside the
2: key is like run the key is
1: like yeah get out of the store as quickly as possible yeah just fucking run at least in new york city just fucking run they're not gonna do shit unless it's trader joe's they are going to run after you for managers and no one's gonna be able to reach you because they're all like out of shape
2: and overweight like no one's gonna grab you i was gonna say like listen since i started strength training if i've got a pair of sneakers on yeah good luck yeah you
1: could do it (laughs) that's how you get through also trader joe's just fyi for anyone listening you can eat the food like you could buy food eat it Bring back the bags and be like, oh, I didn't like it and get a refund. And I don't think people will realize that because like they'll be mad, the employees. But like that is our policy. If you didn't like the food, man, like bring it back. Like that's all Trader Joe's like full like thing is like we want to make sure you're happy. So mm-hmm. sometimes people would come in and be like, I didn't like this baguette. I didn't like this like frozen pizza. And then everyone be like, oh, they totally ate it. But it's like also who cares? Like if that's how they're going to make make sure that they're like fed properly who gives a shit we literally said that was what we would do um i could go on sorry this is nothing about sex i could go on about
2: like retails bullshit forever no like that is so fascinating to me one of my exes manages a trader joe's in connecticut and he let me be honest some of the best sex i've ever had
1: Mm, sex i've ever
2: had and he was already working at trader joe's at that point he was oh god my early 20s so This is, like, when I was still in college. He was a bassist in a noise rock band. I already love it. Yeah, that I believe was called Sunshine Detox, uh, which they thought was funny because it sounded like a rehab. Uh Probably is a rehab, if you were to Google it. But Mm -hmm. he was doing that, and he was working at Trader Joe's, and he was, like, a childhood friend that I'd run into around town after we were all grown up. And I was like, oh, my God, Steve got hot, like... The intervening years have been good to Steve. (laughs) Oh, but you know who gave me the idea to date him or at least sleep with him? And I'm sure she lived to regret it was my mom because we ran into him together. Oh my God. When he was, this is pre-Trader Joe's. He was working at a cashier in Walgreens and he, we ran into him and he was taking a smoke break or whatever. And we talked and uh, my mom was like, Steve got really cute. And I was like, yeah, Steve did get really cute so that was her fault and also my mom and I had the same taste in men it was very disgusting like but it makes sense but she absolutely understood what I was into I was like it's so weird that we have the same taste and she's like yeah your dad that's the taste. that's our taste and I was like I was gonna say would you date your dad like in a different form oh a young version of my dad Yes. Yeah. Actually, one of the guys I'm, I'm fucking right now doesn't not look like my dad did at 27. <laughs> like, there's, I had to be honest, a lot of similarities. Like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. But that's, you know what? I, I embrace it. It's like, you like what you like, and like, it's from a variety of factors, and like, you don't have control over that, you know?
1: Oh, totally. What made sex with Steve, Steve,
2: Steven, mm-hmm. Steve, uh, some of the best sex? If you remember. I wish I could tell you it was truly inexplicable so one of his exes actually who I never met and I I wish I'd been able to but she was a sex worker for a long time she was a cam girl for like 10 years and she was very very successful there were actually like two separate times and maybe this is because I kept googling her username but two separate times in college I was trying to you know find some adult entertainment on the internet And, you know, you get the cam girl pop ups on the tube sites and Mm. she was twice it popped up and it was her. And I was like, "Britney!" And it's that thing where she's like talking to customers, just like trying to get people to go private and things like that. I was like, oh, my God, Brittany and I would just X out because it was very jarring. But she's really, Mm -hmm. really good at that job because she had amazing client service skills and was really good at interacting with people, which is what they want. They want like an interactive, personalized experience or you could just watch porn, right? Exactly. Anyway, so she, I was very uh, happy to to learn through him that like she said that he just had a magical penis and that the sex was really good because he was just somehow really good at it. And he was well hung, but I'm not a size queen personally. (laughs) I use that term in a playful way. Not like a pejorative, uh, not, not as if, you know, size queens have, there's never been an amendment that's kept size queens from voting. It's not that serious, but anyway, I've never been a size queen, but he just like, I don't know, maybe, up. Uh, maybe it made an impression because up until that point, I mean, I was still in college. I hadn't had good sex,
0: you know, mm,
2: okay. I didn't even, I didn't even make myself come until I was like 19. So Maybe it made more of an impression because I was less experienced, but I think he just was inexplicably good at it. I don't know. It was weird. He wasn't even like the most sexual person or something. He just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was, it was, he was just very blessed in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we talk about that enough. Like some people
1: are just good at it. It's like how some people are just like good at math. Like they just like, it's unexplainable. They just are, uh, wasn't taught. But yeah, I guess you can be with sex too. I'm so glad you got to to have that. What was the demise of the relationship or why did it... Um...
2: Well, you know, I, I think it was not fated to... We were not fated to stay together for a long time. I mean, we, mm. part of it was that we were trying to do long distance because I went back to college and he mm-hmm. stayed in Connecticut and I was in Maine. And that's a, like... That's a big one. It just, we were so young, but also like... It wasn't gonna work, which I knew, but I really liked at that point. I just was like so happy to have a boyfriend. (laughs) I was like, "Oh, this is great," you know, because you know, no one on my fucking campus wanted to date me.
1: Oh, same. I did not have any boyfriends in college. I had people that I had sex with,
2: but yeah, no one was like dying to like profess their love for me or whatever. I mean, it's college, you know. People are partying. People are doing their thing. So we we tried to keep it together, and then one. Literally, it only lasted for two weeks. And a big part of why we broke up is because, so we'd obviously keep in touch through like texting. And he really wasn't active on social media. So we'd call and we'd text. One day I dropped my phone in the toilet <laughs> in, these, in the teeny, teeny little like dorm room bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. So I go to the dining hall, I get it, I put it in rice and it works, but you have to keep the rice and you have to keep it in the rice for like a full day. So I couldn't talk to him that day. And when I like talked to him again, he was just like, he he like mental health stuff. He was like hypomanic, but I think also like kind of a narcissist. So like he did, he was very thin skinned. He didn't deal well with any kind of like pushback on his ideas mm. and criticism and things like that. So anyway, he completely flipped that we hadn't like had contact in a day, which I was confused by because I was like, yeah, but like I dropped my phone in the toilet. Yeah, there was like a reason.
1: Like it wasn't like you were ignoring him. You had like an actual.
2: Yeah, reason. I think it was like very distressing to him that like he probably thought I ghosted him. It was just very narcissists need that connection though. They need that attention. They need the you know that's like their oxygen. So I feel like he just yeah totally freaked him out. So then we took a break, quote unquote, for three days. And over the course of that three days, I was like, wait, he's being so insane about this. Why am I dating him? So then we officially broke up, and. But we kept but we stayed in touch and we'd still FaceTime. And then when I was home for like Thanksgiving or Christmas break, we went to dinner. I had to pay, obviously, because he was real broke. And then on the way home, when he was driving me home, we got into a fight because I disagreed with him over something very mundane and totally irrelevant. And he's refused to speak to me ever since. And oh my god. The friend with benefits that I had in Connecticut is technically his best friend. But he doesn't know that (laughs) he doesn't know I've been sleeping with this person since 2013 so so suck it Steve (laughs) I guess is the moral of the story oh my god you definitely dodged a bullet like I'm glad you got to
1: experience like the great sex but you definitely like that's the
2: thing though like fucking bullet I always want when I'm dating I'm like I wish I could just form a composite perfect person based on different qualities so you take the sexual ability of steve and you take this from someone Mm -hmm. else and that from someone else but humans are not build-a-bears it ends up only and i mean god knows you know when someone's dating me i'm sure they're not enamored of every single one of my qualities so (laughs) i don't know i don't
1: know pam you're pretty cool you're pretty
2: so that's the the ballad the saga of steve so thank you for listening to all of that you know he had redeeming qualities and one of them was his the fucking yeah but everything
1: else about him kind of sounds like he's like come on
2: you just gotta be able to take you have to be able to
1: take someone like not agreeing with your opinion like it's gonna happen on
2: every like part of your life it was really weird yeah so now as an adult i'm like oh he had like he had problems you know it didn't like have to do with me strictly but man I'm not going to psychoanalyze him, but what a piece of work for sure. Um, does the friends with benefits know that y'all used to hook out
1: like that you and Steve? used oh, to. Oh yeah.
2: Meet? And that's why Steve can't now. Steve would be so furious because he and I only dated for like three months, but it was so intense and he was so intense. And mm-hmm. so after I graduated, I started sleeping with this other guy, John, who's such a sweetheart, but he's a girlfriend now. So we're friends, but like, we can't sleep together. So if I'm in town, mm-hmm. maybe we'll like get a drink or something. Um, but, um, yeah, he was the first person I slept with after my, my long, long hiatus. And that helped because it, I already knew him and we had an existing relationship and I, I knew exactly what the parameters of it were. Mm-hmm. And he very not, he's very not annoying. He's very like laid back and non-neurotic. And I think that's why the friend with benefits thing even worked because it's never worked for me in other circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually it's actually kind of working with someone right now, but since like October. Okay, so knock on wood. Knock on wood and like this sounds so it's such a weird thing to impose a time frame on. I would like to be in a relationship by the end of the year, but that's also like the deadline by which I need to have my shit together in that case, and I just don't yet. So I <laughs> I'm trying to work on that.
1: I think like I feel like everyone everyone being like the general we or you of being like you have to have your shit together to be in a relationship I feel like that's very not true you have to know what you want because then you can be like oh this person is gonna work out for me because of x y and z right Steve's not gonna work out because he's a narcissist not gonna work but like I have like a year ago I think I have like a friend like like they broke up but then they got back together and she asked me because she knows like my um, she's friends with my um, fiancé, too. And she was like, how did you know? And so I even asked him. I was like, how did you know for me? And he was like, honestly, I think I just knew, like, that I was ready for something more. And so I feel like you're already halfway there. It's like you know you're ready for something more, which means a little bit more work beforehand. Like, you have to do, like – it's like when you had an AP class and you had to do summer work. You got to, like, write that essay out to be like, to be like oh, X, Y, and Z. But otherwise, like I don't think it's this like you have to be in this like perfect mindset. You have to be this perfect person because like you know seven years in with with Aaron and I'm still like not fucking perfect and like messing up left and right with shit on a personal and a professional and like a relationship level. Like I think it's a really hard hard high and hard standard to put on ourselves to be like we got to be in that perfect spot. And I just don't think it exists truly. So I think you're ready. Like if you're like, this is what I want at this time. Like manifest it. Get that little like, uh, what's it called when you like make like the board? Oh, the, the vision, vision board. board. Yeah, and I think you could be like in something where you are very happy at, by the end of the year. Thank you.
2: I I mean I appreciate that. I fingers fingers crossed. Maybe I should make a vision board and there's one photo on it and it's like Jody Turner Smith. I'm I'm manifesting me breaking up her marriage so I can be with her. Weirder things have happened. So true. And think about what it could do for my career. No, I I also, like, haven't been able, part of why I was like, I need to be more proactive and try to meet more women is because, like, I haven't been dating women as much as I'd like. Because I haven't been dating Mm -hmm. in general as much as I'd like. Because I'm busy. I have my day job. And then I have comedy Mm -hmm. stuff. And I also, you know what? I have my social life. I like to spend a lot of time alone. I'm introverted and I need that time to recharge. And I like to have huge chunks of time where it's just me being able to write, being able to read, being able to work on my own Mm -hmm. creative ideas. So I'm trying to figure out, like, I do think I'm theoretically ready for something, but I'm also having trouble envisioning, like, how that would fit into my life or how I would have Mm -hmm. to fit, how I would have to kind of reconfigure my life to incorporate Mm -hmm. a relationship like that in. So I'm figuring it out. It's a little scary because my friends are, like, really, really, like, getting married and, like, some of them have kids. And I'm just like, am I – should I be doing that? Or, like, what's the vibe? (laughs) I mean, again, not a therapist,
1: but it sounds like you are – so in the right spot because you're like these are the things that I need like I need to know that I will have this alone time and that I'll have time for comedy and friends when I want that and have time for the day job and like I'm truly the same exact way I'm a huge introvert I need a lot of alone time to recharge comedy is a second job like True, like Fridays are my day off and it works out because Aaron works Friday. So I do like a shit ton of writing on Fridays and then like podcasting and stuff. But then like it eats into your alone time. You're like, I just want to veg out and watch Siesta Key. You know, like I want to do something dumb. Mm. But you have to what what happens is you have to week by week figure out what takes priority. Right. So it's like this week comedy takes priority and then alone time will be next week. And then like our alone time and like your relationship and like X, Y, and Z and just know that it does exist like a partner that understands like you need these things, right? Like that you need, uh, sorry, you need alone time for comedy. You need shows. They might come to a lot of your shows because they want to be with you unless you're like, I don't need that type of like, I need like space from that. Like it does exist. And I feel like especially women in comedy, it's really easy to be like, oh, we can't have all of that. But it does, and it is not a comedian. The non-comedians get it. Uh, yes. That's where the comedians are really bad. They can't they do don't, they can't date another comedian. They don't
2: understand like balance. Comedians don't have a sense of moderation or balance because we've been told that if you're pursuing something creative, it has to completely consume And maybe even destroy Mm -hmm. your life. Um, And that is such a toxic Mm -hmm. message. And like, Mm -hmm. there's, I think, so little to be gained from like hustle culture. Like it just personally burns me out and makes me really unhappy. Mm -hmm. But I was going to say, oh, so yes, I, it's very cool when someone, especially a non-comedian, will come into your shows or just like support your creative projects in whatever form they take. Like I um, was seeing... A very cool woman I met on Tinder. I was sh- any, to be honest, anytime a woman matches with me, I'm like, really? I'm like shocked. I'm like, but you're so pretty. Like, I just can't believe it. So anyway, <laughs> we we were dating for a little bit. She's really cool. But, and she's a very real job. She's the social media manager for the MTA. And it's very time and energy consuming, as you'd imagine and she's really good at what she does but she like came our like second date she came to one of my shows she came to the show at the gram and like was super supportive and it was it was my birthday show it wasn't my actual birthday but that was like the hook of the show it's how we're trying Mm -hmm. to like desperately get butts in seats that week and uh she's so cute she wore a cute little party hat and brought other hats for people it was very very sweet so Uh... i think um Yeah, I think I have to probably date more non-comedians. Because the comedians I'm seeing I really like, but I'm like, I don't know that this will necessarily work. And it's not just the comedy, but it's a big factor.
1: Yeah. And it's not like it couldn't work, but I just, from my experience,
2: non-comedians. Where is she? Are you guys, wait, are you guys still dating? No, so we were, like, trying to, this was, like, mid-March. We were trying to, like, get together again. And, like, St. Patrick's Day was crazy, so we're, like, we're not going to we're not going to go out on that day. Let's rain check. And then I was trying to get together with her and she, um, she had been telling me that she had like, she gets like stress migraines, like tr- triggered from her mm. job basically. And she's like, I gotta, I gotta, I have to take a break from dating and like figure this out. And I was like, that makes sense. You should definitely do that. You should definitely mm-hmm. prioritize her health, you know? Yeah. So I'd like to think the door isn't completely closed, but I'm obviously like, I immediately was like, of course, and, like, gave her space. So,
1: so we'll see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, door's definitely not closed there. Uh, unfortunately, again, just, I, I'm someone that's dealt with migraines like that. Uh, they become time, all, like, all-consuming, and you're just like, I want this to end. But they do end, you know, normally, gonna wood. So, I don't think the door's closed there. Would you say you have the same, like, you're looking for the same thing in a woman when you um, are looking to date a woman compared to, like, when you're dating? You
2: <laughs> broadly speaking, yes, I think I just have a set of a separate set of criteria for men because i'm I'm scrutinizing them harder mm-hmm. as as one should as one should I have to make sure that they're like woman friendly enough to be with mm-hmm. like it sounds very oh, yeah. silly, but it's it's true there's it's not like I'm you know actually putting them through like litmus tests, but you I'm very observant and very like. I pay close attention to see how they react to certain things, you know? Oh, yeah, you
1: gotta. Especially again, especially like as a performer or comedian, you gotta make sure that they are like self confident enough to have a woman in their life that is that self confident as well. And not all men can or want that, which is like horrifying. Um, so you like, I don't think that's anything wrong with being like that type of like, uh, having that type of scrutiny on a person
2: yeah I just you know I have to it's self-preservational I'm trying to protect my I'm a Pisces I'm sensitive I have a lot of feelings and I have to like Mm -hmm. take care of myself in that way oh yeah
1: absolutely that's all good things like I feel like people are like oh that's bad but that's great that means like you're like totally just into like taking care of yourself first that's great
2: once I started really like holding people to certain standards and certain criteria like my dating life got so much better yes yes like be fucking picky like not even not everyone even it would not be a good use of my time to even like have one glass of wine with like the average person in New York City the average dude to be honest Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. yeah I was out last week and I met a pilot (laughs) this is so random this is, like, the last, like, weird dating dispatch I'll give you. No, I love it. I mean, this later literally the show.
1: I love this. Okay, commercial pilot or, yeah. like, small pilot? No, he flies for Delta. Oh.
2: Wow. Oh, shit. And, okay. I, and I looked up when we were comparing licenses, I clocked his last name because I was like, let me Google this guy and see if he's a murderer <laughs> or a liar, a fabulist. So I can confirm that he did not lie about his identity. He is a commercial pilot and he flies for (laughs) Delta and he's been flying with them for a long time and he's, and he likes his job. And I ran into him. I I went to see a show with a friend at Joe's pub. And then I was like, we're in the East Village. I'll take you to this bar. And he was there alone, presumably to pick up women. I assume that's why straight men would do that. I don't know. Especially as a pilot, to ables like, just throw that out just very oh yeah and before he left with me to get another drink somewhere else the fucking bartender gave him her number Mm -hmm. Mm Anyway, so we spent a few hours together and i had him like walk me home and we kissed he was bad at kissing but i don't it was which is weird i don't know i'm like Are you, like, 38? Like, learn how to kiss. Anyway. Yeah, you're only allowed to be bad at it until, like, after your, like,
1: third kiss. Like, you get some practice time. Yeah, maybe I'm bad at it. Like, but I think I'm good at it. I don't know.
2: No. No one's complaining. I don't think you're
1: you're bad at it. Exactly. No, you're,
2: it's always dudes that are
1: bad kissers, I feel like, too.
2: There's just something, I don't know. I think it's because they're not, they're not sensual. Mm, mm -hmm. Kissing is sensual and they don't always understand Mm -hmm. the restraint required. They don't, they're because they're horny, like in that moment, they're just, they're horny, you know? Yeah, means to an end type of thing. Yeah, it's like Mm -hmm. they have started revving up and it's like they want to, they want to go the distance, you know? Yeah. So I think they've already started losing control of their bodies at that point. But (laughs) I gave my number and I was like, text me because he allegedly yesterday got back from Ghana. That was like the next place he had to fly to. And he, and I was like, I bet you that guy's not going to text me because he really wanted to just. Fuck me or somebody that night. And he didn't text, and I don't think that he will. But I'm not, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I can't do a full one night stand. I'm like, I can't wake up in Long Island City. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I can't do it. And not just because I hadn't bothered shaving my legs. Like, I, I just, you know, I think I'm worth getting to know enough. Even if it, we are only going to have sex one time, I still think I'm worth getting to know enough that, like, meet mm-hmm. up separately another time and hang out and then maybe have sex and then yeah. maybe never talk again but even so I still think I'm worth investing that small amount of time in
1: you know yeah absolutely I've never been good at one night stands either and I've never been good at staying the night at someone's place that's always a big one where I'm always like I'm actually going to go now and do a two-hour commute from like Park Slope to East Harlem on a Thursday night. Cause I just uh Oh, I'll I'll do an
2: hour long train ride to like be yeah. in my own space.
1: Yeah. It's something about being in your own space. Oh God. Last time I did a full like spent the night and was like, oh, this is not gonna work. I like got lost in Williamsburg because my phone was dead and I was like in like a party dress like seven AM. And, like, oh, I was just so bad. Like, the, the sex was bad. The guy kept the the dog on the bed. And I was like, I would love the dog not to be on the bed. And he was like, he's blind. And I was like, ah, it's still there. Like, he's still there. No, I can see him. No, you have to
2: move the dog. You have to move the dog, yeah. Temporarily, so, yeah. Y- yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Um, I have, like, been making out with someone and their dog literally tries to get, Like they push their snoot in and I'm just like, I love your dog, but your dog is now cock blocking me.
1: One time on the live show, oh God, I can't remember who it was. They were like having sex. The person had a dog. The dog came in and licked her butthole. And I was like, I would have been out. I would have been out. The dog should have been in a different room. Why? And like the guy was like not quick enough to like stop it. He kind of had a,
2: this isn't that big of a deal vibe. And it's like, this is a big deal no that scares me because then you know that that dog has like licked his balls before you know oh yes oh, oh god that's bad oh and he probably liked it you know yeah put some peanut butter down there we've all heard those stories uh no that's not good and i love animals but i don't want them to watch me fuck and they have and i think they were fully traumatized by it <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh God, my cat is very elderly, so I keep her away from it. I'm like, this could kill mm-hmm. her. We don't know. She's like sixteen. <laughs> Give her legit stroke. Yeah. she doesn't want to see oh that. She also like <laughs> sometimes when I masturbate and I start making sounds, she starts meowing. She thinks that I'm <laughs> oh. trying to communicate with her, and I'm like, Marzipan, I please stop. I'm literally.
1: <laughs> I just love the idea, too, of you, like, mid-masturbation, mid-stroke, being like, marzipan, stop. Yeah. Marzipan. Marzipan, stop it. Like, that's one great cat name, but two, just have to say that word, like, <sighs> mid. <laughs> and it's not, like, a safe word, you know? No. Oh, my God. That's so great.
2: Mars. She's so good. She's so good. She's so she's
1: so old. Oh, my gosh. 16. That is old, especially for a cat. Like, that's an old cat.
2: Yeah, she's an old lady. She's a great cat, though. When is your next um Just Come? Is it every Tuesday? It's every Tuesday uh, at 8.30 at the Graham in East Williamsburg. And we have a great, fun, different lineup every week. And we have uh, Dylan Adler on the Keys as our resident musical accompanist and comedian. At least until he moves to L.A. And, um... It's it's a good time, yeah. If you're local, I would definitely encourage people to come through, and it's and it's free. We just do we do tips, and we have table service, and the Graham has food now. It's a little gastropub. Oh,
1: so nice. you can have
2: beer and like a real dinner, or you can just get some apps, get some Brussels sprouts or tops. It's fun. Heck yeah, I have to come. I haven't been yet. I have to come. To oh dinner. my gosh, come through, please. It's a it's a good time. We'll do shots. Oh hell yeah.
1: Oh, well, thank you again so much. This was a great episode. Um, and I'm sorry you still have to go back to work, but hopefully not too much longer.
2: No problem. I got four hours of work and I'm going to gonna power through these projects and show them exactly why they keep letting me have health insurance.
1: Hells yeah. I fucking love
2: it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Natalie. I appreciate it. Of course. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you all. Thank you again um, for coming back listening. Thank you, Pam. Remember you can follow her at Pam Not Anderson on the socials. And that she's got her show just come every Tuesday at the Gram. And y'all, I will see you next week.